going on, everybody? Welcome to Accountable Love, home of the love snobs, where love is a group journey. My name is Aziz. I'm Jerry. And today we have our guest, season four, Mahogany B. She had to be the first guest because she's been on all seasons. So we had to invite her back. Yeah. <laughs> love snobs, love snobs, love snobs. love snobs have surfaced you know the people that actually use honesty to communicate the genuine friends that refuse to let you feel sorry for yourself yes those people you know the friends that collect your tears every time life makes your eyes ring the love snobs the people that don't allow you to settle support your dreams but don't support you sleeping with just anybody you know the friends that are so judgmental they actually stay away from negative people and encourage you to surround yourself with positive people Yes, that friend. The friends that love you even when you refuse to love yourself. You, you know, know, the, the love, love snobs. How y'all doing? Yes, yes. Life is good. Life is good. We just, Life is grand. Yeah, we just want to, you know, we wanted to invite you to the to podcast for season four because, you know, you've been a great supporter. You've been a person who, from the beginning, we already shouted you out in the video about how you pushed us to actually start putting our faces on the camera as opposed to just having our audio. audio yeah so you know we we definitely commend you for that and we definitely appreciate you for actually allowing us to or pushing us to come out of our comfort zone and we stepped up to the challenge but you know without the challenge we'd probably still be in our phones i smile every time i see y'all <laughs> every time i see y'all stuff i smile yeah, yeah. Like, look at look at look at the blocks I know you knew where we started and where we are now is crazy. Definitely. The evolution is crazy. You know, but I, as you know, we Accountable Love podcast, we talk about accountable relationships and season four is all about, let's be clear here. So we want to be clear about who we are in our relationships. So everybody that we have as a guest, we're going to, you know, talk about who they are in their relationships, the kind of relationships they want and are they striving to achieve those relationships? So first question we want to ask is, you know, who are you in your relationships? Like, how do you want to show up in your relationships? Well, I, I believe I show up in so many <laughs> different ways, you know, um, to start, I'm a leader. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm often ahead, but not always, you know, um, depending on, you know, who is in position, who is in the best position in whatever scenario you know, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, following, but for the most part, I'm the head, I'm the leader, um, I'm the support. Um, but I think that that, that, that also is, is reciprocal. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the supporter, but I'm also going to be supported, you know? So I think that although I'm, predominantly the head of my relationships um it's not it's just not always the case it it it, it, it varies it varies okay so okay so you you know you it's good that you could identify yourself as a leader so when you enter relationships based on understanding that you are a leader would you ever accept somebody you know, like you did say that you wouldn't mind taking a step back, but would you be comfortable with that role for a lifetime? Whereas you attach yourself to a stronger leader. 
Well, I, I don't believe that. Like, I don't think that's realistic for okay. me to be. <laughs> I don't think it's realistic for me to. Um, I think that when I'm speaking of leadership versus, you know, being able to follow, you know, in any relationship, you have your strengths and the things that you need to be stronger in, right? And when you attach to people or they attach to you, you, that attachment usually comes with them having a strength in the area that you might not, or you having a strength in the area that they might not. So that exchange um, often comes throughout the entire relationship where, um, you know, people are maneuvering according to the strengths and the weaknesses. So I don't think that I'm always the strong one in a scenario. Okay. However, my personality though, in regard to um, the bottom line, getting to the bottom line, I am always gonna be the leader in that space. Okay. So when did you realize that you were a leader? Was it I've been a leader my whole life. <laughs> I know, but was it something, so, I mean, I was as well, but I didn't necessarily, know the 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 impact or maybe how strong of a leader I was until you know over time so when did you realize like at what age and when did you really realize that you were that you wanted to identify yourself with a leader like sometimes we know we are but we don't say it you know what I mean like we have these strong attributes and we know that we can lead and like you said you're big on bottom line and solutions so that that was always innate and probably in you but when did you like look in the mirror like I am a leader well, um, <clears throat> I, I believe that my my situation is probably not your typical one. You know, um, I've been my entire life, I've been a leader. Um, and that's only because of the positions that I was placed in very early. As, as you know, I'm a martial artist, right? And um, as a martial artist, I've always been like the head of the class. Um, I was always the fighter, the female who was called upon for this, that, and the third. I was the teacher. I was the instructor. So I took on a, a, a place of leadership very, very, very early. And because of that, I knew I had the ability. Um, and in my regular life, I just happened to be that person that I set a standard and everybody followed it. And I knew this. I knew this as a child. However, I didn't understand early the, the, all of the power in it. I think I understood the power, but I didn't really um, take it seriously. Let's say that because I was leading people in a, 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 a very, um, not always in the best, the best uh, spaces. I was leading in the wrong directions often when I was younger. I knew I was leading. <laughs> I knew that I was the one that was following and I could get people to do certain things. I just didn't understand um, how uh, detrimental it could be going in the wrong direction. Um, I think that what I did when I did uh, recognize the power within it came a little later, like maybe my late teens. And um, that's when adjustments had to be made because I started realizing that I'm kind of taking people down the wrong path and and i'm i'm fine i'm fine for that <laughs> yeah, impact people's lives yeah impact yeah, people's yeah. lives drastically so you know 
when we have our sessions, we tend to, you know, not just on a podcast, when we have our sessions, our, we, relationship, our relationship building sessions, sorry, we tend to ask people about their core values and we ask them to name four core values. So for the sake of the podcast, we're going to center around your relationships. We're going to center them around your core values. So one obviously was leadership. Do you have three more core values that you carry with you no matter what relationship you're in? Um, would you would you would you define um, my word being my bond uh, a core dependable. value? Dependable. Dependable. Yes. Yeah. Dependable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, in 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 that regard. Um, I would say that that's another, that's another core value that I, um, that I, that I hold dear to. Um, I, 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 I am huge on consistency, okay. dependability, leadership, and honor. Honor? Yes. Okay. So... Now we'll we'll start off with asking you, you know, as a parent, how does those core values come into play? Like with your relationship? Because that's obviously what we talk about core values, that's how you show up in every relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you have those four core values clicking on all cylinders, you're at your best, right? Mm-hmm. So how would you say as a parent? I mean, now you, you're, you're, you're parenting older, you know, grown women. Well, mm-hmm. I guess you're getting the fruits of your labor, right? At this point, because you put in the work, you know, you were developing adult, adult and now mm-hmm. you're choosing our adults. So we can talk about like the transition of like how you apply these core values with them growing up and then how you transition between like the relationship between now you guys are both adults. You will always mm-hmm. be the mom, but you guys are both adults and how those core values are reflected in your relationships now with them as an adult. Definitely. Well, <clears throat> what I will say is, um, yes, to some degree, I am, I am appreciating the fruits of my labor at this point, um, but not completely, you know, um, everybody grows at different pace. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I have two daughters. Um, one, I'm watching, like completely. You know, um, receiving all that I am in regard to you know those core values and and learning from them and trying to show up in that space as well. While I'm watching the other have a, a, a hard time doing doing so, um, but I see that she now she now identifies it for what it is. Whereas when they were younger, um, it was just me being mean, too hard, um, rigid. you know, rigid, yeah, un- unbendable, all of those different things um, became problematic because it felt, uh, uh, I guess, militant mm-hmm. is how they seen me. Definitely. My understanding that I was trying to assure them um, a solid understanding of self and how the world operates around them and how they needed to be operating within the world in order for uh, a successful or favorable outcome, you know? Um, 
So I see that the respect factor for who I am and, and how I show up is there much more now than it was in the past. Okay. So that's with one daughter. That's both. Oh, that's both. I'm seeing, that, okay. I'm seeing it show up now. I'm saying one of them, one of them um, is, ha is having an easier transition than the other. Oh, yeah, because I seen, yeah, you started off with just one, so I wanted to make sure that <clears throat> it was both of them that is receiving it. The reason why we, we tend to ask about the core values, if you're showing up as a leader, anybody that now questions the leadership and questions that value in you, it's going to cause problems in, in the relationship, right? You're dependable. Anybody that challenges whether you're going to be dependable, it causes friction in relationship, you know? We call it's honor. Now, when you talk about your honor, you know, you want to make sure that people are honoring <laughs> who you are as a human being and that you're honorable. And you're Anytime somebody questions that, it's going to cause friction in the relationship. And honesty, you know, when we talk about you being honest and your ability to actually be honest, and we obviously understand the difference between truth and being honest. You know, you're being honest at where you're at, and then you're starting to dialogue to search for the truth. But honesty is about, I'm going to come to the table and I'm going to explain to you exactly what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, and then we can start the dialogue from there. Anybody that questions whether you're going to be honest is going to, there's going to be friction within the relationship. So that's why we always ask people to identify their core values because all of our debates, our arguments, everything that we are is our core values. And when somebody questions the greatest things in us, that's when we have a problem with our relationships. Mm -hmm. So we started off with raising children. You see how your core values was leadership, dependability, honor, you know, honesty. So when you were at your best and when you was actually showing your ch children who you were, it was met with your rigid, your militant, but you had a great sense of self. And as they're maturing into figuring out who they are, now they have a greater sense of self. So now they're gonna adapt certain core values. So now y'all meeting on equal playing fields where in the beginning you was just trying to say, you're gonna blossom into who you are, but you have to have your core values. So when you walk in every room and you deal with every relationship, people know what to expect. They know who you are. You know what I mean? So go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I think that the, the weird, not the weird, but I think the the thing about raising children is, and I know that we all go through this, is that we may have a set of principles and core values, but we want our kids to come to that conclusion on their own. We don't wanna force it upon them. We may know what's best. We may know what they need, but at the same time, we don't wanna force it on them because we want them to want it. And I feel like I have to be this way in order to connect with mommy, or I have to feel this way in order to connect with daddy. You know what I mean? Like you want them to, appreciate it, respect it, and say, this is the better way to live. So this is what I believe in. And I think that, you know, what like Mahogany was saying about her kids being on two different um, levels as uh, to, to their growth and one really ad adapting really well and the other one kind of struggling. I think, you know, as a parent, you kind of sit back and think she'll get there if that's where she wants to go. And the other daughter is like, she, she, wants, to, she wants to get there. So she's working toward it. And it's it's that fine line of and that's what this, that's the fine line of you 
pushing your views on your children, which they automatically think anyway, as teenagers think you're trying to take over their whole lives. And then there's the, we're just trying to give you options, right? You can go this route or you can go another route, but there's options. And that would determine how close of the relationship we have. And I think a lot of children or people think that that shouldn't determine how close we are, but it does. Because like, as you said, when a person questions the best things about you, it creates a wedge in your relationship. I don't care how close they are to you. I don't care if they're your mother, your sister, your brother, your kids, your significant other, it's gonna create friction within the relationship. And I think that that's a, a place that we need to be comfortable having that conversation. Like I raised you, but if you don't believe the same things I believe then, or I don't believe the same things you believe that's gonna create a wedge in the relationship. And not a, I hate you wedge, but we can't, we're not gonna be as close as we could be because of it. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, in reality, the reason why we started with children is because that's the only relationship when they become adults, we got to decide whether they're yeah. people we want in our lives on a, you know, they're going to be in our lives on a regular basis, but they're going to start building their own life. Yeah. They're not our friends. They're not our, our, our spouse. They're actually our children. So we signed on for the relationship, which is a part of our accountable love and our accountable relationships because we choose to be parents. You know what I mean? whether we feel it's not a choice or we did choose to be parents, you know what I mean? Once we decided we was, <clears throat> we was gonna have children, we decided to now become parents. Once we had sex, we decided to become parents. So it's a choice that we had, but it's not necessarily a choice that they had. So now we are teaching them their choices through their development. But once they develop into adults, now we're deciding whether we can actually be friends. Yeah. We could actually be equals. And that goes back to what Jerry was saying. If our core values are different, we need to be honest with ourselves and say, listen, I'm always going to be your parent. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't really like you as a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or I really can't get down with you as a person. Or I like you as a person. I respect you as a person, but we're not going in the same direction. So live the life you're going to live. But if you need any support, I'm here for you as mm -hmm. a parent. But a lot of people believe that their kids need to be in their lives on a regular basis. No matter what. And they yeah. forget to nurture the relationships around them that promise to be in their lives on a regular basis, like friends and um, spouses. So, I mean, the next, the next thing we can ask you is, you know, how does core values enter when it comes to your friendships? Like, how do you show up in your friendships when it comes to those core values? Um, I, I don't really think there's a big difference, honestly. Um, there's a difference, but not a big difference. Um, because, you know, um, although we don't control, you know, our children, um, there's still a level of, a level of authority there that's different than your friendships. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, your kids are but, developing. Yeah. But as far as what I bring to the table, it's the same. It's pretty much the same things. Um, I noticed that people who need um, need that have those specific needs as far as guide, guidance and leadership is concerned are more drawn to me. Um, so I feel like I play a very similar role in my friendships as well. Um, um, the soundboard, you know, I'm the one everyone comes to when they need to like, I need, I need, 
you know, some advice or, you know, different things like that. I'm that person. Um, so I think it's very similar. I don't think it's, I, I, don't, I don't think I show up uh, really differently in any of my relationships. I think it's all very similar. Um, it's just the type of relationship it is, you know, gives or takes a little of something. You know what I mean? So if it's a romantic relationship, obviously, you know, there's difference in the in that space, the romantic space. But outside of that, huh? I said we definitely gonna get to that. This is <laughs> outside of, of that is the same though. So with you you mentioned that you mentioned that leadership and being around like being a leader, it pulls people to you that's that need that guidance and need to follow so do you have other friends that are leaders and how do you find those relationships different from the ones that you have with people who aren't necessarily in a leadership position well see themselves like, as leaders like i said earlier when speaking about um the first questions you asked is just because I'm the main source of leadership in my relationships doesn't mean that these people don't also have leadership abilities in different areas. Definitely. So although um, although I'm like the main source of that energy, um, there are the same people have areas that I come to them about. And I'm able to be like, you know, let me run something past your ears real quick. You know what I mean? I need another perspective. And I'm able to trust that within them as well, depending on, like I said, depending on the scenario, depending on what it is I'm asking, what it is I'm needing. So um, although I, I, I have yet to find um, friendships that are evenly yoked in that way, where we're this, like, we're both the same type of the same level of strength you know what I mean um I haven't I, I haven't come past that yet I'm I'm I'm, I'm definitely manifesting that because um what I what I would like to say is today is my first day speaking again after five days I haven't spoken in five days I was uh I was doing I was kind of uh trying something out um more for me um as a person spiritually and, and as a listener, you know, to be able to listen more than speaking and see what I learned from it, right? Within that space of these five days is when I really recognize that I don't have that. Everybody has me because everyone around me were kind of like falling apart without my voice and pulling and getting upset that they didn't have my voice. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, like everyone around me is in this space. So I need people in the, that other space. Definitely. This five days was is just so telling. I mean, I, you know certain things, but you don't know to the degree. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there like, wow. Like I really, really have to fill this space um, with people who I can learn from more. Everybody's learning from me. Everybody's getting advice. When you me. say space, Everybody, what are you saying? I'm saying that as there's a void. 
I'm saying so is I know the space with space with 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 role because obviously we're saying let's be. Clear. I need friendships. I need friendships. friendships. Okay. So when I you say space, I mean, I don't really. I, I want to make sure we're clear on what space you're fulfilling. So friendships. Yes. You need to have more friendships that kind of give give back. And That's that grow. Space. Yeah, that grow me more. That yeah, grow me more. I'm space. growing. I'm growing others, and um. I need I need more growth, cause cause in the space that I'm in right now, it can give you a false a false a false understanding of who you are. You know what I mean? Definitely. When you got everybody around you is like you're the you know what I mean? The you don't have anybody around to to that you're looking up to like that. It gives you this false understanding of where you're. Um, where you're at in your in your journey, and I need um, I need to balance that out. Yeah, that's what that's one thing I realized when we were having when we started the discussion, and you define leaders, and you're like, well, there's other places I follow, and that's what leaders do. They know when to follow and when to lead. But what makes you the leader is your ability to pull several people together to work as one. Not everybody has that ability, so that's that's what leadership is. Leadership is not being strong in an area. Leadership is having the ability to find a bunch of people that are strong in areas that can work as one unit and lift a whole, a whole like brand or a whole movement or a whole relationship. And if you're a leader, you do that. You don't just bring people in the fold that's gonna destroy your relationship. You have you make sure all the viruses stay out. And you make sure that you connect all the right people because one virus in your system destroys the whole system. So leadership is the, the rules, regulations, and making sure that they hold everybody accountable and they're comfortable with that role. There's not a lot of people that's comfortable with holding people accountable, making sure we maintain the principles. So the reason I asked you about, you know, leadership being one of your core values do you actually have other leaders around you? Because when you have those leaders, they don't see you holding them accountable as a chore or as a problem. They gravitate to it. Mm -hmm. They respect you for it. They like it. Absolutely. So that's why I asked you, do you have, because like what you just said, you have a lot of people that need your voice, but you don't have that in return, right? So it took you time to like really see, dang, I need somebody, you use grow. We actually stay away from growing in a relationship because it's about nurturing. Mm -hmm. It's about nurturing the relationship. Nurture you. You're already a full blown tree. You need to nurture your, 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 your state of being. So we should all commit to relationships that we nurture mm -hmm. because growing leaves are falling off, but we, we're, we're sprouting other leaves. So we're constantly nurturing our relationships. But go ahead. And I would say, like, you know, being I'm a leader everywhere I go, right? And but being around Aziz, I'm not in, I don't lead in every area because he's stronger in a lot of in some areas that I'm not, right? So in some areas I have to fall, I not I have to fall back. I do fall back because he's the lead in that. But when it comes to well, what I can say about Aziz is and say about myself too, the areas that we are strong in, we're teaching right? So that if in the event that I'm not around and he has to make a rash decision, he's not like stuck because 
Jerry's not there to, to, to bounce an idea off of him or off of me. And the same for him. When I'm not in his presence, I, I you know, the first thing I think of is, well, what, if I was talking to Aziz, what would he say? But I'm able to execute because I know, because while we are, we while he's a dynamic person and he brings so much to the table, I'm, st I'm learning from him, from him all the time. So when you say in your relationships that for five days that people needed your ear, I think you should think about the fact that it may be a little bit of a codependency Absolutely. more than just you leading them because they should be able to make decisions without you. And think about, hey, you know, they're with, they're around you. They should be learning from you every single day. Every time they come into contact with you, they should be learning. So the first thought would be, damn, if I was talking to Mahogany, what would she tell me? And then from there, they should be able to make a decision. Now, I'm not gonna say that every decision I made independent of Aziz was always the right decision, you know, but I do know that I have resources to pull from in his absence. And right. I have an arsenal of tools that I can use if he's not with me to make a decision. So when we are leading anyone, our children, our friends, our significant others, I never want them to be so dependent on me that they can't make a decision without me. I want them to, to dig deep and say, if I was talking to Jerry, what would she tell me to do? Okay, and then go from there. And then we could discuss it later. And I may add a little bit more to it. Like, yeah, you, that was great. But next time do dot, 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 dot. Fine, learning, they're learning again. So next time they're put in that situation, they can apply it at that time as well. So I do think that you should take, a, take some time and think about why they needed to, to lean on you so heavy and maybe make sure that they're learning and taking all the things that you're, you're, you're teaching them just by being who you are. It's not like they're in class, like, oh, well, Mahogany would do that, 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 that. It's more like, you know, we learn just by, by, by watching. So just learn by who you are and how you conduct yourself and the type of advice you would give. You shouldn't have to give the same type of advice all the time. Like they should take the first advice, store it, and then come to you with a new set of problems. You know what I mean? If that's the case. So I do think that that's something that you should reevaluate because for five days, people should function without, should be able to function without you. Definitely. I mean, your five days of silence, why did you, why did you decide to now take that five days of silence? Like, like I was saying, um, it was an experiment for myself. Um, um, you know, I, I, I pay attention to myself in the areas I need growth in. And, uh -huh. and um, one of the areas I've spoken to you guys about this a million times. Um, I have, uh, well, I had a habit of listening to respond. Okay. Um, and so I wanted to, I wanted to uh, test my discipline in regard to, you know, people being able to speak to me and me receive all of the information without worrying about the response, just really be present for them and receive all of the information that was given and see how that turns out within five days. Okay. And I ended up getting that plus more, you know, much more information while doing this um, this little experiment. It was it was cool. When you when you're around, let's say us, mm -hmm. do you feel like we feel you're listening to respond? Um no, I think y'all know me so much. Um y'all know me like I don't know. I think the most most people wouldn't know that like a lot of my 
needing to interject has to do with my memory. That's another thing I'm working on right now. Definitely. Um, my, my short-term memory isn't the best. Um, and so when I, when I have a response within a conversation, I try to get it out right then and there because I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of people don't know that about me. And so it would seem like, you know, she just doesn't listen. But to some degree, that is kind of right. Because while you're trying to hurry up and get yours off, you're not hearing everything that's being said. That's true. That's true. That, I mean, even we, that, go ahead. No, I, I mean, we interact quite often. And I, I mean, we have the same kind of tendencies, to be honest with you. I don't know if it's a tourist thing, um, but we have the same exact tendencies. My mind is going. And yet, like you said, you, you don't want to forget what you're about to say. And so you say it and so that you don't forget it. But to your point, like if you take the time to listen, whatever you, you wanted to say may not even be relevant at that point anymore. You know what I mean? So you do have to take time to listen. And, you know, I, I talk over, I talk over myself, like I'm battling myself at all times. Um, so, but I do think that when you are around people that view you as an equal, you can totally be yourself and we can work through it and talk through it. I'm not saying that that's not areas that we should work on, but I am very comfortable around you. I'm very comfortable around Aziz. And I mean, for the most part, most of the people I'm around that know me, I'm very comfortable with. So if I am stumbling or talking over myself or whatever, they'll check me like, slow down. And then, you know, once they, they'll, they'll check me in the moment, I'll slow down, then we keep it moving. But it's not like a stab, like, you know, Jerry never listens. And she's just that, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a negative thing. It's a, they see it in the moment, they address it. Definitely. I take it in and we move on. Definitely. And there's something about being around those types of people that is really nurturing to your spirit, to your, like, about, and it nurturing to who you are. And it really makes you a better person, a better communicator, as opposed to the person that is not saying anything at all. They see you doing all these things. And, and they leave and, and just think, you know, I can never get a word in. You know, they always cut me off. They never listen. They you know, so the relationship from behind. Yeah. So there's, there, there's, there's two t- types of people. Mm-hmm. And my people are the people who are going to address things with me in real time. Definitely. And, and, and so that I can course correct in real time, Definitely. be mindful of it in real time. And that's the best way to manage that situation. Because that's, that's why I asked you that, because... I know we 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 share we share similar experiences, and when you're around people who just believe that you work for them, yeah, they are gonna tell you talk without listening. Mm-hmm. I never had that experience with you. Why? Because I see you as an equal. Yeah, I respect yeah. your leadership. As long as you're dependable, because if you're not dependable, you know my mouth is coming. Just like if I'm not dependable, I know your mouth is coming, and I'm very comfortable with that being held accountable, right? I know that you have honor. So I know I can pull, like you do something that I think is is a little off base. I can pull your strings through your honor mm-hmm. and get you to fully understand where I'm coming from and to correct that behavior. So I never feel what you're, what you're saying, like, oh, she needs some silence. Yeah. I never think that with you. I do think you need to talk more because you have a lot to give. Because when you're in the presence of people that are giving back to you, you don't talk as much. Hmm. When you're around us, you're not talking 20, 24 seven. Yeah, no, you're not. You're, you're not right. cutting us off. You're not, I never witnessed that. So everything you tell us makes me just think, okay, she's around the wrong people. 
Because, yeah, do you have weaknesses? We talk about them all the time. Anger, you know, yeah, the fact that you have a short-term memory and you believe the world needs to understand that. But we talk about it in real time. Like, I'm, I'm going to talk. I don't, don't cut me off because your memory's bad. But I'm going to say that to you, right? So we all have this understanding and we're not upset with each other. We're not, oh, you're being nasty. We're not focused on, quote, unquote, being nice. We're focused on being genuine with one another. And that's the only focus. When we interact, are we going to have a productive interaction at all times? And to give the viewers a kind of an example, we don't always agree. Like we'll, we'll be in the living room having a full-on debate on whatever topic at the time. And we are on separate sides of the coin and we talk it through. And our voices are elevated at times. We're very passionate, but we never stop communicating. No one ever shuts down. And even like, as you said, if we have to point out, like you repeated that already, you're, you're not even making any sense. Like we're checking each other in real time. We're addressing things in real time. And we are okay with that. We take it in and then we move on to our next point. And then we move on to our next point. And then when it's all said and done, like, okay, you hungry? What do we eat? You know what I mean? And then we just move on. So I know I find very, I find comfort in those types of scenarios. I find comfort around those types of people. The people that are like, why are you yelling? <laughs> you're loud, you know, or you're cursing. You know, like it, it, it's, they really, the not my, those are not my people. They're not, they're and, and that's why we have this podcast. Let's be clear here, right? Yeah. Like, find the people that fit your strengths. Mm -hmm. Know your core values and don't waver. Like, if they see your leadership as control, that's a problem. Yeah. It doesn't mean I dislike you. It doesn't mean that I don't even, like, I, I don't care about you. It means we can't coexist because you're going to take from me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, why do people always think the distance means that I don't like you? it means that we can't coexist so why be phony about it mm -hmm. i never understood why people show up to thanksgiving show up to people's houses they don't like yeah <laughs> like i'm not going to a family member's house that we are talking all kinds of crap about and then show up in their house smiling i'm not going Facts. <laughs> and why is that the bigger person that shows up no you're a fake person you're not genuine so yeah, I, I, I always, you know, like me and you always have these dialogues when we actually interact. And I always hear like, yo, I did this because I did I need to do it. And I'm like, yo, you are a, a, a great human being. You know what I mean? Like when you're around a person who is a great human being, we're not saying you, you don't have flaws. We're not saying that what you said wasn't a flaw at times but it's not who you are. Mm -hmm. You're not a person that doesn't listen. I've never been in a discussion with you or I've really been in a discussion with you when I'm talking and you're off topic. That's a person that's not listening. Mm -hmm. They're changing the topic. They start talking like they're, they're not even responding to what you said. They're like on their own agenda. Mm -hmm. They're sitting back worrying about how they feel. Mm -hmm versus what the dialogue's about mm -hmm. and how we're gonna progress and how we're gonna move closer together. They're always worrying about how they feel to move further apart from a person. I've never witnessed that. So the fact that you were saying that, like when it comes to friendships, I was like, wow, 
I mean, I'm, I'm glad you grew from it. I'm glad you, you know, you got some insight. But I think that's a daily practice. Like you, every time I talk to you, you got some insight. You learn something because that's who you are. You're a sponge. You know what I mean? And that's what people don't see. There's no way you're just rigid because you're getting all the information. You surround yourself by people who will give you information. Rigid people avoid people who don't hear them. Yeah. That's a big difference. You're open to learn. You're just not open to compromise your core values. That's not rigid. That's discipline. Those are good qualities. So as a friend, yeah, I would say you show up, but show up, like have people that are leaders around you. Have people that are dependable around you. Have people look at the background. Have people that are, you know, honorable around you. Have people that are honest around you. Shouldn't your core values connect you to other people with them similar core values? Do you think in a relationship you would be in a better place? Absolutely. So that's why we ask and we have this podcast because we do want to be clear, like, who are you? Who am I? What do I bring to my relationships? Because that's where it starts. If I'm starting to second guess the, the strongest things about, uh, it become, it, the relationships are toxic. Mm-hmm. Just because they're not all out war don't mean they're not toxic. Once you're stealing from my strengths, the relationship is toxic. Yeah. People think of, to- like you said, people think of toxic. They think of just really, really, like, violent and just like disrespectful and but it's 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 a problem in another way and it does do something to who you are and how you show up if you if you open if if every time you open your mouth someone thinks that you're a problem then what are you going to do you're not going to you're not going to speak up as much because you don't want to be no one wants to be the problem i don't care how strong you are i don't care how good you feel if if you if you walk into an area uh, uh, around a group of people and you be, and they believe that you're always a problem you're not going to feel your 100% yourself. Definitely. No matter who you are. I want to be clear that um, what I did, the, the experiment had nothing to do with anyone else. It was my stuff. It was just mm-hmm. like me wanting to um, test my discipline okay. and, and level myself up in, okay. in that regard. Um, so I want to make sure I'm clear on that. It's not, um, it ain't had nothing to do with other people. No, I just, I mean, I... I... I understand that because I know who you are, but I'm glad you cleared that up because this is, let's be clear here. So I'm glad <laughs> you're being clear about why you did it. I just wanted, I just want anybody who's listening or anybody who's learning from this podcast and learning and like really understand who you are. I want you to make sure, I want them to know that you are an amazing human being. And yeah, when they come in contact with you, they're not going to be comfortable at all times because of your honesty, because you expect people to be dependable. So you're gonna be dependable, you're gonna be on them because that's the only way you know how to love, mm-hmm. being present. So anybody that can't thinks your love is too much, I would say they don't know what love is. Mm-hmm. So that's what I just wanted to be clear about. You know what I mean? But let's talk about, you know, as a rom- in a romantic partnership. And I mean, obviously, these core values still are something that, you know, you expect. But 
what do you you know what do you bring to a romantic partnership besides you know your core values like your interests your preferences your things of that nature um well you know i bring all of those things but also like what most wouldn't know like about me is that i'm like hella silly right so like my friendships and my relationships we get an opportunity to to see the silly silly side have fun just let go um i'm not you know for those who don't know me the rigid thing that's 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 somebody else's shit that ain't mine (laughs) you know that's somebody else's stuff um um i i'm i feel like i bring the best side of of each each side of the coin right because i'm I am very disciplined. I am very uh, serious about the things that need to be serious about, but I'm also very, um, very fun and, 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 and like to enjoy life just the way everyone else does, right? So I like to be silly. I like to let go. I like to, you know, explore. Um, and so people often are not used to seeing someone who has that level of versatility. It's like, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of weird that people are multifaceted, but don't understand that others are multifaceted. Like, <laughs> I always find that to be weird. Like, if you're serious, you must be serious at all times. You know, if you're funny, you must be funny at all times. They can never see those two things being in the same person. Um, but that's what I bring to the table. I bring um, a variety of things to the table. You'll be able to act silly with me and let go at the same time. You'll be able to um, have a very serious discussion with me and learn. Um, and at the same time, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a what they call a, a hope, they say hopeless, I say hopeful romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I like to, you know, I like to make the person I'm with feel special, you know. So um, I bring everything to the table that I think uh, a romantic situation desires, honestly. What, what, what would you do romantic? Would you, well, a lot would of... Be romance. <laughs> Give me an example of romance. Well, trying to get her a boo. Me, myself... <laughs> me myself honestly a lot of some a lot of these trends that came about especially via social media I created um and when I was in my last relationship I started I started some things like publicly that a lot of people weren't doing and I've I seen it turn into a trend so I always I'm always trying to up up myself because like the whole you know laying rose petals down that's for the birds like <laughs> Anything that's already a trend and something that everyone is doing, I don't find to be romantic anymore. It's just you, you know, doing something because it looks good. But I'm I'm really um romance to me is paying close attention, you know, to your partner, um, knowing their wants, needs, concerns, um, and really zeroing in so that when you deciding, if I'm deciding, you know, I I see something for her. I already know what she's what she's wanting. I've I've seen her eyes get a little 
glow, glowing them when she was looking at something. I've heard her speak of something, you know what I mean? And, and it doesn't have to be your birthday or Valentine's Day to, to make you, you know what I mean? To make sure that I pick that thing up or I provide that, that service that I heard you speaking of. Like things like that to me are the thoughtful things, the things that um, you don't expect. You didn't even know that I was paying attention to, but I was. And um, I show up in that space. So, you know, I've, I've done all of the rose petals. I've done the helicopter uh, situation, the horse, horse and carriage rides in the past, the, the uh, scavenger okay, hunts for okay. gifts, you okay. know, the, the, the notes. Your resume. And, the notes in every pocket, you know what I mean? Your, your purse, you switch up purses and coats and shoes and you got a note in there that makes you know, you know, that I'm thinking of you and how special I believe you are. Like, you know, I do, I, I go to extra yard for the person I'm with because I just think that if I chose you, that's because I think that that highly of you. Definitely. I'm glad you mentioned that you study your partner, you have dialogue, you figure out what they're about, who they're about, because when you are doing something for somebody, it is about that person, not about what yeah. you want to do mm -hmm. and your comfort level. And a lot of people see romance as a tomorrow thing, a someday thing. It's every day. But I would say romance is every day. Absolutely. It's how you interact with your partner every day. I would Absolutely. even say arguing with your partner is romantic. You know, that's romance. Going back and forth with them is romance because most people walk out. Yeah. Yeah, just to be able to- um, Engage. Engage, constant engagement. Mm -hmm. says that you're you're choosing them over and over again definitely yeah, and that you want solution within you want you always want solution definitely mm -hmm. so i would say romance romance is is built into the the overall relationship on a daily basis if you're not doing it on a regular basis or on a daily basis don't start off doing it and tell off like mm -hmm. if even romance make it a, a daily consistent make it a lifestyle yeah make it a lifestyle quick way to put it make it a lifestyle so when you go ahead jerry no i was gonna say you um you said that you know with your romantic partners there's a side of you that they get to see um and your friends you said but there's a there's a silly side that you get to see so when you're picking your partners um because being i guess silly is not a core value <laughs> um when picking your partners do you find that there's kind of like that struggle finding someone that fits your core values but can appreciate your sense of humor? Um, you know, I'm 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 freshly out here again, right? Um, in my past, I always like that. That's always been a thing. I find I I love humor. Like the best way to get to my heart is by making me laugh. So I tend to find people who are silly, but then they don't have the other stuff. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> all these things, yeah. Uh, I could imagine. I could so, imagine. so right now. Silly don't um, make a relationship at all. Yeah, really so, so you, you know, you all giddy and, and you having fun, but when, it's, when it gets down to the seriousness, and I guess that's why, you know, that brings me back to what I said. I guess that's why people don't are very surprised by me. It's because you don't usually find those two things, I guess, in the same space. 
Um, yeah, you are. I'm lo- <laughs> you are <laughs> a lot sick. of people wouldn't know that though. <laughs> so it's, it's it's hard to find that level of discipline and the silly in the same space. And so um, that's exactly what I'm manifesting right now. Like I'm looking for somebody who is evenly yoked with me, who knows when to get serious about what needs to be serious and when to let their head down, when it's time to let their head down and just like really enjoy life. Like um, it's a great, it's a great uh, balance when you're able to know when for things, you know what I mean? And really be able to enjoy life the way you're supposed to, um, even while holding on to your core, core understanding and core values. So I'm, I'm, I'm awaiting, you know, the person who's capable of, of, of doing that as I am. What's your first discussion you have, like when you meet a person and y'all dating? Let's say a first date. What well, I'm always first? asking, I'm always asking what they're, you know, who they are, I want to know, I want to know if they can actually, you know, um, describe who they believe themselves to be outside of like their career and things like that. Like, who are you really? Like, who are, who, who are you at the core? Um, I ask the questions that I need. I honestly ask all of the questions that I need um, to be able to confirm via action. So I like to ask who they are what their, what, you know, what their desires are within the relationship in their life, um, um, whether they, like, if, especially if they say, you know, they, they, they're looking for love, I want to know if they, they know how to define love, like, what is love to you, you know what I mean, because I don't believe that, like, how do you want something you don't even understand, right, so I have those type of discussions. And the reason I have those discussions is because after that, it's just kind of me um, watching to see if their actions match the things that they're telling me. Okay. What about with you? Is it a red flag if they're not asking you those same questions? Um, it's not the same questions, but absolutely. If the questions don't have any depth of... Um, who I am and what I'm about or what I desire, what I'm, what I'm looking for, then yes, a big, big red flag, big red flag. Um, and that, that is because, um, how are you truly trying to know who you're dealing with? Do you really know how to, um, do you, do you, I, do you already know how to identify what you want or don't want? Um, do you know how to find that within a mate? Um, and uh, I've had conversations with, with women who stated, you know, I brought that up. It's like, you know, you know you, you're not asking any, any in-depth questions. Like, are you really trying to get to know me? Or, and I've had women say, um, you know, I'm more of a watcher than a questioner. And I think that is hilarious because I never really see it. Does it never matches? It never matches when they, when they say that. It's like oh, it's a red flag. I caught I, I caught you uncomfortably, and now you're like, oh no, I didn't, I don't ask those questions. I just look for it. It's like, how you looking for something you don't know what you're looking for? Like, 
in order for you to hold me accountable to something, I got to tell you that that's what I am, right? Mm -hmm. So if I ain't say that's what you I am, benchmark. I'm for. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't, you can't hold them accountable. Like we recently had a podcast about superiority complexes. Mm -hmm. And most people see the leader, the person out there, the person talking about themselves, Ooh. the person, all of that as the person that has a superiority complex. What we touched on is the fact that the person that's the watcher, the person that's, I listen more than I talk, the person that's not really engaging, the person that is playing victim, the person, some life is always happening to them. We actually was telling people, those are the people with the superiority complex because they don't have the courage to live life yeah. and strive for the things they want. They bring everybody down to their level. What I realized, mm -hmm. what I realized during this, you know, um, this whole getting to know more, more people, things, you know, for the, the sake of dating is what, what we always speak of, right? Having to be around people who are evenly yoked. Otherwise, um, the mindset is really different. Like how they, the conclusions that they come to is really different, I should say, right? So, you know, the narcissist word goes around. It's, it's like a, yes. right now it's, 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 it's trending, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody, uh, narcissist, narcissist, narcissist. And what I realized is that if you are dealing with someone, for the lack of better words, that is beneath you, um, they are always going to come to the conclusion that you're a narcissist. You're a narcissist mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. They are always going to come to the conclusion. Let's not say, let's not say beneath. Let's just say insecure. That's why I said lack of better words. Yeah, That's why I said lack insecure. of better words. They insecure. They have strong insecurities and they lead with their insecurities. They always mm -hmm. see you as something. Because they can't touch whole feel what you're feeling or you're touching or you're holding. That's why we always say we, it's a red flag when people, Oh, you know, people are different. And I'm like, stop being lazy. We're striving for who's the same. That's the harder thing. It's not harder to acknowledge somebody's different. Everybody different. Yeah, I think it's that's, not harder I think to acknowledge. Why are we, why are we the same? thing is not being different. Yeah. Everybody's same. You think you think a, a, a white person would be racist or as racist if they realize how much of the same we are? Because mm -hmm. then they gotta hate themselves. Mm -hmm. You think a man that thinks a woman is beneath them, right? If he acknowledges how much she is similar, right? How could she? How could he, in good faith? <laughs> still look at her as beneath her. So really it's it's just a it's just a plan to be lazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we're different. Anybody that says that is avoiding. Because obviously we're having this discussion or we're arguing or we're going back and forth or we are bringing up hard topics so we can understand where we are similar and find common ground. If you're not searching for common ground in your relationships, it's not a relationship. You're being yeah, a politician. Yeah, and people need to be comfortable saying, I don't agree with you. <laughs> I don't agree. And this is the reason why I don't agree. Instead of saying that we're just different. Just say, I don't agree with you. Like, I think people don't really feel comfortable even expressing that. It's easier to say we're different and kind of move on and yada, yada past it. And you don't really feel I, conversation. People are lazy. 
like he said, they're lazy. So once you say I don't agree with you, then you have to follow up and give reasons yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Most people can't even articulate why they don't agree with Because they fit. I had a conversation recently like that. And I just was like, with a young lady I was getting to know. And that was like the biggest ref. It was like, run, right? <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to have me. I'm sitting here. I'm defining terms and giving you all of this information. And then you say, you don't agree. Now I'm open. I want to hear. Why don't you agree? Teach me something. Maybe you can change my mind. And she couldn't. After the I don't agree, I can't really explain. I don't know. It spirals. It's I just know I don't agree. You just know you don't agree, but you don't have any, you can't articulate why you don't agree. That's crazy. And we're not going to make it. We're, this is not, this is not a good idea. It's be a relationship. Yeah, this is, this is not a good idea. So, I mean, and really, and really dealing with relationships and defining relationships and really connecting on relationships. Really, we're talking about accountable relationships. And we believe that's the only relationships. Because if you can't hold somebody accountable, it's not a relationship. Mm-hmm. Call it something else. You're not relating. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is relationships is about finding common ground. And everybody's always looking for right or wrong. We're talking about best practice. I like that. I we're like that. About- I like- Best. Like the, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> We're talking about best practice at all times. We're not talking about there's a thousand rights based on scenarios. What's the best practice? Because you know what? In relationships, we have to make decisions. In commitments, we have to make decisions. So what allows us to make decisions? Best, best practice. Not you right, I'm right. If you look at it from this angle, this person is right, this person's right. You got to make decisions. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's about commitment and about making decisions, and it's truly into furthering and advancing the relationship and not just themselves, they're all about finding common ground and walking in, in unison. Not feeling like, oh, I gotta do everything you say and you gotta do it. They walking in unison. They don't see themselves outside of their relationships. They carry their relationships everywhere they go and their relationships carry them wherever they go. So they very comfortable with looking like clones or whatever the world wanna call them because they have friendships that share similar core values. They have a partner that shares similar core values and they're raising kids that they instill those core values in. And hopefully that they can now accept and understand why those core values are instilled in them. Mm -hmm. So we basically, you know, had this podcast and invited you on to chop it up about your relationships and, you know, see where you at with your relationships and see what you bring to your relationships. And just to, to talk hope, about hope romantic, I like that. Yeah. I like and that. to make sure that you that that you know you're clear on where you're not. We know that you're clear, but just so that we can give people insight on being clear on what that looks like in every relationship, and everything should bleed through. If you have core values, that should be reflected in every relationship that you have. So that's why this season is so important because it allows everyone to take a step back and think, who am I? Not just who I think I am, but who am I? Who, who am I? Who am I with other people? And how is that reflected in every relationship? And being consistent across the board. Definitely. So this is another Accountable Love podcast. My name's Aziz. I'm Jerry. And thank so. you, Mahogany, again, for being a guest. It was such a pleasure. I appreciate y'all. Definitely. Enjoy. We got to get up. Yeah, we do.